Hi everyone, welcome to the Triple Zero, the War Inside and Out podcast. This is where police, fireys, ambulance officers, doctors and nurses have the opportunity to share their experiences of what it's like on the front line. If you are battling post-traumatic stress disorder, please watch or listen to this on Spotify and YouTube with a support person. If you are in immediate danger, please contact Lifeline 13 11 14. I hope you get some value and some educational strategies on how to deal with PTSD and I hope you uh, get a greater understanding of what emergency services go through on a day-to-day basis. If you'd like to reach out to me to share your experience, my email is craiggibson75 at outlook.com and my Instagram handle is craig underscore gibson75. Thanks very much for listening and watching. As I said, it's available on YouTube and Spotify, and please reach out to us if you need any help whatsoever. Thanks very much, guys. All right, welcome everyone to the Triple Zero, the War Inside and Out podcast. Uh, This is where people who work on the front line get to share their experiences um, in their day-to-day operations. With me today, I have Dave Caffarata. Hello, champion. Hello. Did I pronounce that okay? You did perfect, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, so welcome, mate. Thank you. So this is episode 12. Um, We've been messaging for a little while now. Um, So I've really got to to know your story a little bit and I was uh, really uh, keen to to get you on and uh, have a chat about, you know, your life, um, uh, your service in the New South Wales Police and I think you, you know, you have an incredible story. So... Really excited about this. So, um, sure. mate, can you tell me, you know, when you joined the, the police and yep. um, why? Yeah, I joined uh, 2004. I graduated. Yep. In 2004. And the reason I joined, um, long story short, was, uh, see, my in I have no relatives in Australia uh, except for my parents, my two brothers, and I, and I had an uncle. Uh, they all migrated from Argentina. And uh, when I was uh, 13, actually, 13, um, very close to my uncle. Uh, he was like the best uncle you can ever have, you know. Yeah. Um, and it was on my mother's birthday, August 26th. I finished school, 13 years old, looking forward to my uncle coming home. And uh, on the news, breaking news, there was a uh, shooting in Burwood, like a, uh, a massacre in Burwood. Um, not the Strathfield one. In Burwood, that's where my uncle lived, and uh, my father, uh, he rushed um, to Burwood, you know, and he ended up being my my uncle that got murdered, um, and it was it was his next door neighbour. He thought people were poisoning his uh, toilet or something like that, and he had um, schizophrenia, and he shot my uncle, and then he shot someone else, and he went to the Burwood CBD. And um, shot a cafe owner, and the, the police um, had a shootout with him, and wounded him, and arrested him, and um, our lives turned around mm. completely. And when I found out, it was like the day before I was playing with JoJo's, for example, and then that happened. It just my life just turned turned around, and what the police did, and the bravery they showed. And, I, and from that day, I, to honour my uncle, um, I said, you know, I am, I'm going to join the 
I'm going to join the police. It's amazing what they did and wow. the, 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 the courageous they did. And, um, and, and that's the reason why I wanted to join since that age. Uh, and I wanted to do everything I can to, and that's the reason why to honor my uncle. So, wow. Hmm. How does the family deal with that now? With, with with what happened to your uncle, um, it's 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 still. Uh, at the time, he hit my father. He was his best friend and his brother. Mm. He hit him really difficult. Mm. Um, it was that bad that he ended up losing his job, and he went. Uh, I was pretending to go to sleep at night, and I can hear things and reading newspaper clippings, news articles, and he check on us and I was pretending to sleep, but I can hear the conversations and uh, we ended up going in the house commission. Um, so we grew up uh, in house commission and that was just um, a life experience on itself as well. We had bad ones and, um, you know, fighting in a young age on the street. and But all these experiences, I said, you know, this is going to be good. For, and I always wanted to still join the police. Mm. And I said, this is good growing up seeing this kind of environment uh, and, he, and he helped to to join the cops and it was difficult but then my father realised uh, what it was and then he ended up being in the front page newspaper again the murderer um, was in court my father went to court I was at school and basically he um, jumped past the sheriff's and hitting the uh, the murderer in the, in court, and he broke someone's finger or something. He was just in a rage, and wow. I remember the principal taking me out of school because he was in the news and everything. And, and my father got arrested for that. And um, wow, um, but obviously nothing much happened to him because seeing yeah. the circumstances, anyone would do similar things like that. So it was a it was a roller coaster, but. Uh, I think he realised, you know, everything happens for a reason. Yeah. And um, I think that's what what the main thing was, yeah. So it would have been extremely difficult for the family. Extremely, yes. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely was. Um, How old were you when you joined the police? I joined uh, 24. Yeah, right. I wanted to uh, have some experience first, so I joined, I did, I tried to do, uh, since Finished school, I did security work, but everywhere. So I wanted not just do one security work in one place. I wanted to do bouncing work and to experience, like, you know. Yeah. So I did that for many years and enjoyed the process and, and it, yeah. you know, doing yep. uh, sort of security work. Got some hands-on experience. Hands-on, definitely yeah. hands-on experience. And, um, you know, I did uh, a lot of martial arts, hapkira yep. with my father, boxing and uh, just wrestling. And I just wanted to, because I knew I wanted – because you need the experience, I believe, when you join the the police, and and this was uh, a good eye opener sort of thing. Yeah, as much as I can, I can do so. Yeah, hundred percent. You definitely. I I'm a big believer, and you need that experience. Um, you know, eighteen, nineteen, twenty. You, you're not ready. I in my opinion. Yeah. But uh, around that. You know, 24, 25 and above, you, you've had a little bit of life. You've got some hands-on experience from life. You've, yes. You might have been punched in the face by life a couple of times by then. Yeah, that's right. So you're able to then hit the ground running once you join and, you, you know, you've been exposed to a little bit more. 
Yes. Yeah. What was your time at the academy like? The academy? Uh, well, it'll be different now. There's curfews now. Yeah. I've heard um, I joined when it wasn't curfew, uh, no business attire, for example. Yeah. So uh, um, it, it was it was a good experience. It was uh, different, uh, you know. Um, yeah. It was, we had some uh, lectures at Scream still and uh, carried on and, it was, it was yeah I enjoyed it I met some good people good yeah. friends and uh, I really enjoyed it yeah I yeah. wish it's like school so for example you wish you took advantage of the, that time more yes taking more photos or yeah enjoying the experience more because yeah. time goes really fast when you when you were there yeah uh, so uh, what was your first posting first posting was uh, was Newtown but uh, did I you choose a, that no I didn't so what do you remember what your choices were choices was uh i think i wanted to choose bankstown parramatta um city and one of the country ones yeah right but um i didn't choose newtown and i found someone that wanted newtown and he had parramatta he didn't want parramatta i didn't want newtown so we swapped really yeah so we we swapped the posting so my first posting uh officially was parramatta instead of newtown and it was only like the last minute sort of thing and they let us do that so it it was good yeah and Parramatta was. What was your first impression, your first week? What was your first impression of the role, the policing, that that rush of graduating and then, bang, I'm now a probationary police officer? Yeah. What was your first week like? I remember my um, my father gave me the – he was a police officer in um, Argentina and yep. in the Army and the Air Force. And I remember the first tip he gave me was, if you want a good tip, is do not let – the force do not let the police change who you are mm, do not advice. you know from the academy do not let it change who you are for example if you have common sense in the situation uh, do with that and i remember that stuck by me and the first week actually uh, it was three up in the car one senior officer senior constable me and another one that graduated in the same time and one of the jobs was uh, a hold-up alarm in a uh, service station near McDonald's. It was on a Saturday around lunchtime. And lights and sirens were going there. And when we got there, I was looking around. I go, okay. When we got to the service station, no one's panicking. No one's, you know, first thing I've seen. And this senior officer and the probation, they sprinted into the service station. Well, I didn't. I casually walked. Ended up being a false alarm. Got back in the car, long story short, and she blasted me, uh, the senior officer. And she goes, how come you didn't run, sprinted, you know, inside the service station? And I knew it was my first week, you know, and she's mm. been in the job for uh, over five years. And yeah, and I was trying to say it in the nicest way. I said, look, with all due respect, I know you're senior to me and I just started, but I, it, common sense tells me if I was one robbing with a gun or shotgun, the service station. Obviously, he's desperate. He's nervous. You run in there, you turn around, something can happen, yeah? Mm. And I tried to explain that to her, and I said, if you casually walk in there, look in, oh, shit, it's legit, get back, call for backup, call, do what you have to do. Um, it's about being smart and not panicking, rushing in there. She hated that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. She made a complaint. Uh, and then I got dragged into the supervisor's office and 
But lucky for me, it was a supervisor that understood what I was coming from and um, was on my side. So the first week was like, you have to, don't be intimidated. Always use that common sense. Of course, respect senior officers. You know, you just started. And that, I guess that's what life experience, like mm. I said, like you, like what you were saying, if you join me, you're 18, 19, you don't have that life experience. And and um, that was a great example of yeah having that, you know, common just sense. Common sense approach. Common sense approach. And um, Did she ever give you a reason why she ran in? I think... Her mindset was, oh, it's a hold-up alarm button. You have to, you know, mm. rush, rush, going in there. Yeah. Sometimes it's, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and that was, and then obviously she, she was uh, senior to me and she didn't want to hear that. She didn't want to be going, you're junior to me. And the way I see it, even coming from all these years, I learn a lot from junior officers. They give me... Things and I go, oh, yeah, good call, you know, just good. a fresh insight, yeah. exactly, yeah. Because yeah. in the end of the day, it doesn't matter what your experience is when you're on the street. You know, rank doesn't mean anything. The the criminals or the the, the badness doesn't say, oh, you got stars on your shoulder, I won't hit you. Yeah, you know, yeah. So, what was your probationary period like as a whole? I was, remember? yeah, I was, I was lucky that um I had good FTOs, which field training officers. Yep. Um, I had, I was blessed that I had. Really good ones, and they're still friends to to the day, Dory and Liz Harris. Like you know, shout out to them. Shout out to them. <laughs> you know, uh, good good blokes. Like and like I said, I was lucky that I had. Um, but yeah, I've had. That was a good side of it, and um, yeah, I saw some things that. Yeah, so I'll I'll get to that now. Is uh. Do you remember an incident or an event uh, or a job that you went to that first shocked you or you thought, this is surreal or I know now what policing is, this is real? Do you remember an event like that? Yeah. Um, There was the proactive team, the plainclothes car, was trying to pull over this, another vehicle, and they didn't stop. So they caught it over the radio. Um, This car's, you know... On pursued and whatnot. We're in pursuit, yeah. And this car, um, and we weren't too far off the the place. And basically, this car uh, head on to another innocent vehicle right in front of the uh, service station as well. Smashed into them, and when we got there, the car was on flames. And um, I was running towards the car. You can hear him screaming, and we were maybe ten meters away. The car exploded, so he uh, died. He burned to death, basically. Wow! Um, in the car, and exploded like. Yeah, that was. I was just yeah, just started as well, and I said, that shocked me. Like how things can quickly change, and seeing something like that, and um, was he the only occupant of that car? He was the only occupant of the car, and I think he. Um, yeah. Do you remember how that made you feel? <laughs> Even though he um, did the badness, you know, like even though he did the, he was in the wrong. It, at the time, it made me feel that he was still human. He was yeah. still, he was still a man. He, he still has family. He's, you know, I don't know his story and mm. uh, and the way he, the way he died. Um, that's how it made me feel straight away. Like it, it, that emotion that I had in the beginning. Yeah, so that's how it made me feel. Mm. 
for sure. Did you ever share your emotions about that with anyone? No, mm. no, no. See, when yeah, when I joined, um, I thought nothing can, uh, you know, I was tough on like yeah. mentally I'm a and tough physically. Bloke. Yeah, I'm yeah. a tough bloke. Nothing's going to actually affect me. And uh, at the time, you know, I'm all good, you know. Yeah. It's not like no one really asked, um, but, I, yeah, I didn't share that emotion with anyone yeah do you still think about that event to this day i do yeah yeah, yeah. I, I i drive past that um service station a few times and that always brings me back to yeah. uh to see uh, to the other vehicle as well there was two elderly elderly people in the car Were they okay? to see if they well they had um, pelvis broken and leg and they were injured pretty bad. They were, yeah, so. Mm. And I was just driving normally and then something like that happens. Yeah. Yeah, so I think about them. Yeah. It's it's something that I think a lot of people don't realise. Emergency services will go to an event like that and decades later it's still with you. Yeah. That, that you can't unsee that or you can't unexperience that and those emotions, they, they stick with you and especially if you haven't spoken about it to anyone else or shared what you actually feel with anyone else and you've kept that inside, it, yeah. it can just fester in your mind for, for decades. 100%. Yeah. Can you share any other experiences along the way that um, people might not be aware of that police go to or yeah. that have really, you know, shocked you? Yeah. Well, it, like early on my career as well, um, just a young girl, 13 years old, and she um, committed suicide um, in her garage. And I remember going to that, and it's just a young girl. Like, what? Mm. Her, what? Uh, you know, how hard life could be for her. Um, and you know, junior as well. And I said, "Well, this is you know." Mm. that feeling I had you know the but um the helplessness the helplessness as well and I was I went to a fair few of them like during the first few years and um yeah mm. so that was just early on my career as well yeah and definitely yeah that sort of like you know shook me up and just um later on um in my career, that the one thing that uh, I can still hear he is um, this lady stepped in front of a car and she got hit and hit her head so hard that I was the first one there and given a CPR, but it was too late. The worst thing about that was her daughter was getting married in four days oh. after that, and, mm. and I had to speak to the daughter. Um, the way she grabbed me. The way she um, uh, screamed, like sorrow, like her crying, and um, yeah. I all I wanted to do was hug her and cry with her, mm. um, but I couldn't uh, show that emotion, and it was the hardest thing just to hold that in. And the way she was grabbing me, like you know, on the, well, my, in, crying on my shoulder and screaming. 
she kept saying, I'm getting married, you know, in a couple of days, four days. And I had the boss, um, had supervisors messaging me and calling me to hurry up with the paperwork and, and to find out more of the history. And and you can't rush these things. Yes. You know? But the supervisors, they, you know, mm. and that was annoying mm. and that was frustrating. Like, really? Like, mm. it, it, the last thing she wants to hear is questions about what medical centre the mum went or what medication, you know, um, yeah. if she had history of, you know, things like this. And, yeah. Uh, that, um, yeah, that, yeah, that that cry, that screaming, I can, yeah. Yeah. Definitely. I don't think people realise the pressure that uh, police are under when you go to deliver a death message and yeah. you're giving family members the worst news that they're potentially ever going to hear and you're, you have a police officer hat on and you're, you're maintaining that professionalism and, and you want to deliver it in a way that is humane yeah. and then there's this want from you you want to be a human being in that moment and you want to show emotion you want to hug them and it's a really difficult thing to be able to navigate and how do you act and 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 then you're getting pressured you know there's jobs piling up there's pressures to get information from the daughter about the mum things like that yeah it's just it can be very difficult, and I and and I think that's what plays on people's minds, you know, decades later, oh, years yeah. later, 100%. as it is with you. Yeah, no, yeah. No. I, I found dealing with death messages and the family probably the most confronting hmm. as a police officer. Yeah, um, yeah. That was the thing. Um, I remember wow. the first thing her mum said was about time. Sorry, she said. She said about time. Wow, that's how um, yeah, difficult her life was. Uh, yeah. So, did the mum give you some background about her? The detectives went and, and told her. I was with the detectives at the time, and I remember I had to walk away mm. um, and let the detectives uh, do that, and they, that boiled my blood um, to hear yeah. that. Yeah. So. With death messages, there's there's different um, outcomes. You know, there's ones that haven't hit them yet. You know, yes. I, I delivered one once, and the mother goes, "Oh, thank you very much for that. Uh, no problem. You have a great day." I'm like, wow. And there's others that hit them straight away. Like everyone takes things different, pain yes. different. Yes. Um, so there's no there's no one rule. There's no one. Um, you know. Everyone's different, yeah, and that goes with um, feelings as well, and and how people deal with pain, um, and I, and that's where I see it, yeah, yeah, yeah. And that yeah. just showed me as well, you know, how how people take things different, for sure. Yeah, and I think there's no set way for a police officer. Yeah. You can only play what's in front of you at that given time, and that is so unpredictable. Yeah. You don't know how the person's going to respond. They're, they're what they're going to feel. Then is that going to trigger an emotion? Is it you know are they you know are they going to be okay to leave on their own? All yes. these things you don't know until you're actually experiencing it. Yeah. Just like 
any other job you go to, it's like you don't know what that neighbour dispute's going to be like yeah. until you knock on the door. That's right. Or that domestic or, you know, it comes across the radio, this is the accident, well, what am I going to get when I get there? Yeah. It's really difficult. And the, the anxiety that that can cause job after job after job for a police officer is very... It, it just mounts up oh, yeah. over time. Yeah, for sure. Those three incidences that you've mentioned, did you ever speak to anyone about them? Did you, um, during or, you know, after those instances, did you have any counselling or? During the time? No. Yeah. Um, it was afterwards when I, um, I needed help. That was, yeah, and yeah. that's when I seeked and talked about it. But during the time... Yeah, they, um, people didn't understand when I like when I finished work, like during that day. Unless you experienced it yourself, they, so I had a couple of people ask me, "Oh, yeah, but I watch it on YouTube. It's not so bad." There's a big difference watching something on YouTube or TV than facing it in real life. Yes, it's just a complete different ball game. Um, unless you, and that's why it was hard for me to. Um, to talk to anyone and and plus I I at the time I thought I didn't need to yes talk to anyone yeah at, at the time I thought I'm all good like you know yeah I'm okay that's so common that uh, a lot of emergency services do feel that like no I'm okay oh yeah. you know this hasn't affected me yeah. it's not until it, it just you go to one job one day and it it's like an avalanche then mm. they all come back. Like a, it's like a bucket, yes. the way I see it, and it drips and drips and drips. Eventually, it overfills. Were there other stations other than Parramatta or units that you worked in? Um, it was, I was always in Parramatta. Yep. Um, I did proactive for a while. Um, yep. Good group of guys as well, good, yeah. good management. Um, How did you find that time? That was one of the best yep. uh, times I've had. Um the sergeant at the time, he handpicked his uh, unit and everything, yep. and a uh, group of guys that you can trust and help help out in the street and everything. And for those that don't know, what types, what role did you play as a proactive unit? Yeah, what, what would you target? Uh, we were playing clothes. Yep. most of the time. We also caught the train and go different uh, state, different lacks, different suburbs, um, dealing with. Um, yeah, breaking enters, drugs, um, things like that. So cases yep. and intels we had, and yeah, nice. How long did you do that for? I did it for a couple of years, yeah. And uh, so after that, did you go back to general duties, or I did? Yep. Yeah, went back yeah. to. And how long did you do general duties for after that? Uh, a fair few, a few more years. How did you find? How How did you find? the culture inside the station did you were people um supportive of each other was there a, an encouragement that pe- that you could talk about jobs um share your emotions um did you feel like um that you had to put up this facade at work mm. at all see when i when i first joined i've see i didn't know anything about this mental health mm. i thought it's not so bad. It's not, yeah. you know, it's it's all good. Like, but I've seen other senior officers that did go off work and did suffer, and, and I just didn't understand. And and I, I wish I could turn back time. A lot of them, I, 
I was thinking, should I send them a message? Or and I go, nah, they probably don't want to hear from me. But at hindsight now, I wish I did. Uh, yeah. Knowing more about it now, yes. Um, and so I didn't speak to much people about it because I thought I'm okay, you know, like I'm all good. Yeah. And um, I think there was still stigma uh, involved with it because you can, when some people did get off work, you can hear people talking about it and going, oh, this and that and um, mm. making up, not making up, but their point of view about it, oh, it didn't affect me or it didn't hurt me. Like, mm. And I was the same too inside my head. I was going, oh, you know, I, I've seen a fair few things too, but yep. not knowing that is, is slowly uh, catches up. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You never, ever know what someone is experiencing and the the same two people can go to the same job yeah. and have a completely different experience. Correct. Yeah. Based 100%. on what's happening in their personal life, what they've been exposed to before, um, you know, have they are they are they using alcohol and drugs and um, you know sex gambling on the side to cope with stuff that's already happened to them, yeah. and you know, just you become one person can be fine and the other one's completely overwhelmed and their bucket spills over. Yeah. And it just yeah, it just it's only a matter of time. Yeah. And I think that was in around 2015 yep. where I slowly started changing. My behaviour started changing. My attitude started changing. I was getting angrier. Uh, I wasn't getting much sleep. Um, but I was in denial. Mm. This is part of it's, – it, it is what it – you know, yep. keep going. It's, it's a phase. I started drinking, eating. Of sleeping, having this, like that scream was one of the dreams. I, I woke up sweating and straight to the straight to the bottle. Mm. I, didn't, I was afraid to go back to sleep. I had people coming up to me, telling me, "Oh, you okay? You know, like you're angry or like you're changing." And nah, nah, you know, mm. leave me alone. No, no, yeah, it was it was bad. That happened. Private life at home, and also work, um, but just refusing and denying that I had a problem, because it, not knowing at the time, but it was sneaking up on me. It's not like you wake up one day and go, "Hey, I got this and that." Yeah, it, for me, it was just slowly catching up, mm. um, and that's what made me feel. Yeah, so. When you said that you were becoming angrier, can you do you remember an incident or an event you could share that you went, oh, maybe oh, that's a bit inappropriate, or yeah, when you realised you were angrier, or yeah. or someone had pointed out to you? Well, people pointing out to me, and also I could also see it as well. Um, just incidents like going to jobs and snapping, yeah, um, even to my colleagues as well. My I worked with a junior officer at the time. I was at the passenger seat, didn't get much sleep. I was already suffering, but not knowing, you know. Yeah. He was on his phone to his um to his girlfriend, chatting. I let it be. He was driving. Uh, he hanged up, and then he goes, "Oh, look, someone's on his phone. Um, I'm going to pull him over, give him a ticket." I go, "No, you're not. You were just on your phone." Mm. And he goes, "Oh, I'm a cop. I don't give a shit who you are." And obviously, I said it in a bad way and I go, yeah, I, 
I said, if you pull them over, I'm going to hit you, you know, mm. in a really temper way, way, aggressive yeah. way. Like well, he was a hypocrite sort of thing and just fired me up. He went back to the station, made a complaint and everything. And um, the sergeants took me in. Said, you don't threaten him. You don't. I know you're on the right sort of thing, but there's ways he's doing it. And mm. um, I, I took him outside. I had a good chat with him as well. And I didn't threaten him. I said, I didn't threaten him. I I said, if you wanted to do some boxing, I'd give him free lessons to sport. I remember saying that to him. And, <laughs> and yeah. just things like that. Like um, the way the final straw was, um, uh, there was a um, uh, a stabbing um, in the golf course in Parramatta where the lady was walking. It was all over the news and, and she got stabbed in the neck and she was on the phone to her husband who was in India. I remember that. Yeah, I remember hearing about that through the media. Yeah, it was a sad story. Yeah. Yeah. I was the um, first one there. Um, I worked with the probation officer at the time. I got her to do the, not to go near it. And I was doing CPR on her. And um, it, it, um, yeah, ribs broken, you know, doing CPR. And I'm, my arm's getting stiff, doing trying to do my best to save her. Uh, and yeah, so long story short, when we got back to the station, the day shift inspector, um, he knew what was going on. I was looking at it like a zombie doing, you know, first thing he, he tells me off is, oh, overtime form and do your overtime form and all this. And, um, I snapped, you know. Last thing I want to hear is about the OT. Yeah. All, all he had to say was, "Are you okay?" Yes, that's it. You know, and that's what I screamed at him for. Like, I blood all over me as well. Yeah, really. Like, you're gonna talk about OT? The last thing I want to care about at the moment. You know, yeah. I'm trying to. I failed. I try to. That's the way I felt. Mm. A failure. I try to save someone's life, but again, it, it, I, it, I just kept failing. I felt, um, yeah, I felt, uh, it, it's not fair. Mm. Um, I'm not making a difference. I felt, you know, guilty. Yeah. Another one died in my arms, and another one, and then. Them against me, like this inspector is out of touch, or you know, and mm. I was ready to hit him. Yeah, um, and your bucket's so full, my, but not knowing, like I, I knew, but I didn't, like yeah, and others can see it, but I couldn't. I, I was just nah, it's phrase just, just kept going, like yeah, and but it was just getting worse, like mm. yeah. When you say you felt like a failure and you know, I think a lot of us do experience that, do you still feel like that now when you look back on it? No. Yeah. No. Can no. I ask what, what changed in, in that way? For sure. Uh, that guilt at the time, wishing I was there 10 minutes before, wishing I was there 15 minutes before, I could have prevented this or... But now knowing I don't have a crystal ball, I am not God. So I know 
that I couldn't change the situation. You can only change and do what you have in front of you. And knowing that and acknowledging that, um, changing, you know, that knowledge and knowing that um, helped me understand that it's not my fault. Um, it, I, I couldn't do anything about it. Yeah. I mean, I wish I could. So does everyone in this world. They wish you can turn back time and change something. But what you can change is what you do at that moment. And yeah. as long as you know that you've done your best. So I, out of all of those jobs I went to, I go, you know what? You know, I did my best. Um, and I, it wasn't my fault. I didn't do it. And I couldn't turn back time and I and yeah. I don't have that machine that I can go back 15 minutes like in a movie or something like and save that person's life acknowledging that made me feel not guilty because at the time I felt like a failure guilt the guilt ate me you know like oh, another yeah. one like and then that ate me up inside and knowing that it isn't my fault and um and as long as you can help out and mm. do your best. Did you come to that realisation yourself or did did you talk about that incident and or, or the others which helped you realise that? Yeah. Help so, it, so talking talked, about it? Yeah, talking about yeah. it and um, learning about it as well. Yeah. Yeah, when I was yeah. in the hospital. I yeah. went to the hospital and learned all that. So yeah, that I'll, I'll get to that um, sure. shortly because it's um, yeah, really important. Um and I think a message for anyone um, who is responsible for people on the front line, you know, if you're in a management role or a supervisor's role, that the because f- I've heard this a number of times now that the difference that you can make is, are you okay? Mm-hmm. Is the first things that if that's your first question, the 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 first responder, the police officer, the ambulance officer, fiery nurse you know if they hear that first it puts everything else in in check you know like you feel cared about you feel like you matter but when they come to you after what you've just experienced and they're shoving an overtime form in you or at you about a a policy procedure yeah you just you don't feel like a number you feel like um you know just a, a piece of crap really yeah um so just some advice for them you know that 100%. are you okay is can make such a difference. Oh, yeah, yeah. You you also mentioned uh, you started to put on weight. You started to eat. Yeah, um, that became more prevalent. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah big time. Uh, after that uh, incident at Palmetto Park, uh, it wasn't the last critical incident where I was sort of like suffering and not getting much sleep. What was uh, the other one? The other one, the other big one was um, the uh, Curtis Chang um, headquarters the, the shooting. But it was a different kind of morning. Was I had, how can you say, like a gut feeling that something bad is going to happen today, uh, like a premonition sort of thing. Wow. And it was a hot day, I remember. It was a hot day. And I put my... Uh, step put vest on. I remember the guys in the locker room go, What are you putting that on? It's a hot day. It's, it's going to be hot. I just have a bad feeling. Mm. Um, and I worked with the probation officer. He was actually a good good cop, even though he was a prob- probation officer. But 
was a good kid. Like he was good, and yeah. I was glad to work with. Like got put on with him, and I told him in the morning. I said, um, "I don't have a good feeling about today, man. Uh, let's just you know be extra vigilant and let's be a heads up, you know." Yeah. And he, he goes, "Yeah, no, it's a, it's all going to be good." Uh, detectives retrace this uh, young kid, the terrorist, they call him, um, and they found out that he actually walked past me three times before the incident. Wow. Not once, but three times. Uh, the first time was when, um, before it happened, the first time was I remember going to the front of the station asking the injured officer that was there. This is before we had glass and protective in in front of the station after this incident things changed around the state yeah um and i asked her oh do you want lunch and this is where he came out of the mosque walked past Parramatta station in front front of the doors and i was by myself there asking the injured officer if she wanted restricted officer if she wanted lunch the second time was uh the council camera actually took a photo and i'll i'll, I'll show you later on uh the council photo took a photo of me at the crossing and he ended up walking past me and um, yeah photo of me and I was only a couple of meters me and you away and his mission was to kill a police officer yeah so I was going to get to that he yeah. that was part of his mission was yeah. to target a police officer that's right yeah. and it's, I didn't and this is where that guilt uh, that I explained before ate me up later on and mm. he was only a couple of meters walked past me and across it and the photo council took a photo of that because they retraced his steps and the third one was uh it was a job that a car was on top of a gutter in front of headquarters and when we got there the car wasn't there and uh i remember the uh the the probation officer i was working with my offsider he said should we fly the flag in other words put a hat on and walk in front of headquarters, one of our taskings. And I grabbed the door handle and that gut feeling set in again. Wow. I opened the door. 99% of the time we say, yeah, you know, put it, it's it's not hard, like, go and walk. I opened that door and that feeling in my stomach, like, I shut the door and I go, nah, keep driving. He goes, what, you sure? And I go, yeah, yeah, keep driving. I was sending him. So he listened and we drove. And then we went too far off few k's away when the live feed came active shooter you know, that panic that uh set in mm. that there was a shooting in front of headquarters what you turn and um yeah we were the um uh the, the we were one of the first ones there at the scene and and this is where um yeah first one one of the first ones it was this is before the newspaper, this is before the news, before anything happened. So at the time, everyone's confused yeah. on what is going on. Um, yeah, my offside, uh, he sort of panicked and, oh, what's going on, you know? I had to calm him down and I said, look, your task is just take photos, you know, like take photos of everything. Uh, there was bodies on the ground and... Um, Chinese whispers that they they were working together, staff members, and no one knew what was going on. Yeah, basically, and uh, I told everyone 
to move. Everyone got away. Everyone moved. I sent my dad a text message quickly. I love you. Because um, I thought this guy was, you know, strapped with someone's on the phone in the unit. I had no time to call the bomb squad or anything mm-hmm. like that. I had to do what I had to do at the at the time. You needed to know for yourself and yeah, and for everyone to else. And I, everyone. and I said, I sent my dad a message, and my heart beating with thousand miles. And everyone, oh, what? Everyone moved out of the way and oh, quick prayer. Um, and I searched the body, and there was nothing on him, mm. nothing. So, um, and but we still we used it like that. Um, yeah, and. It was a massive day, yeah. 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 It was like one of the things that we weren't prepared, the New South Wales Police wasn't prepared for the situation. Mm. Hours later when, the, you know, the assistant commissioners and too many chiefs, not many Indians basically, you know. Um, yeah. I remember one of them said, it. oh, you searched the body, we'll get the bomb squad. And I said, sir, I didn't. He goes, what? Who told you to do that? I got no one, like. You have to act. I had no justification to call the bomb squad. Like, if I called in the radio, can you get the, you know, the supervisor to authorise or whatever it is, you know? Like, yeah. And I had to do what I had to do. It doesn't mm. matter if I got, if I was in the wrong, you know, mm. and I'll get complaints later on. It is, at the time, I, I had to do the right thing. And, um, and mind you, I didn't get any sleep the night before. Mm. I think I only had maybe 40 minutes in the car. I slept for 40 minutes, quick nap. But when this incident is like like a shot of, you know, coffee. You're alive, yeah. And alive and just made me, f- yeah. But the bucket was overfilling before this incident and then, uh, and then this incident, um, yeah, made it a bit worse. And then finding out from the detectives like, oh look there's a photo of you he went past you in the crossing and he went past you in the station and then oh mm. that made me worse because I said fuck like I could have done something like mm. at the crossing he walked past me and I could have saved um, Curtis Chang and uh, innocent people and uh, and that guilt yeah ate me more um, and was there anything about his demeanor or that that kid that made you feel that you needed to stop no, him? No, I mean it's yeah, it's so. a multicultural area. Yeah, Parramatta. It's not like um, you know, oh, there's you know, there was Middle nothing Eastern, there out was of nothing, the ordinary. Yeah, no, nothing out of the ordinary at all. It wasn't like acting all. You just look straight ahead and and uh, um. Yeah, so... Eventually, when you were able to process it, we, did that help you to get over the feeling of guilt that... Later on. Yeah. Um, and there was another critical incident as well after that, and then that was the final draw. Um, and I was still in denial. My anger was getting worse. My alcohol was getting worse. Uh, until the uh, the superintendent, the boss himself actually took me outside upstairs. He goes, I need to see you himself. Goes, yeah, boss. And he goes, listen, um, I've heard rumours, you know, about your breath, alcohol. I've heard, uh, you you know, you started changing a bit. And not only that, all you were like a ship magnet this year and all these incidents that you've been involved with, um, I'm going to write a report and send you to the police medical officer. 
in the city, the PMO. So what? Okay. You know, he's the boss. I had no choice, basically. And so he sent me to the um, police medical officer. And uh, after a while there, they diagnosed with me with post-traumatic stress PTSD. And when things things got worse before it got better. Mm. Uh, what was your initial reaction to that? Oh, it was bullshit. Got, yeah. Um, and it wasn't the only doctor that told me. There was a few. And the report and everything. Yeah. So I started uh, eating more, drinking more. Not knowing uh, what to do. I was thinking what other people at work are going to think about me and um, this can't be happening, you know. Like, mm. Still not acknowledging, still it got much worse. He got to a stage that I went to a 180 kilos, close to 200 kilos of weight. Wow. Um, and what were you when you joined the police? Do you I remember? Was, uh, 85, 90. Wow. Yeah, 95. So, you, so you've put on about 100 kilos. Yeah, from when I first joined, yeah. Yeah, from when you yeah. first joined. Yeah. And I was, yeah, 180. And um, did you, at any point along that way, did you say, did you feel like you were in trouble? You, I need to stop? What's happening? No, I kept going to, I was 180 kilos, uh, still in denial, still like, uh, like a negative. Uh, naysayer um, making excuses for other people like if I see someone feel oh that's because that person has better shoes or oh that person's got a better life that person's lucky I can do that as well so I wasn't I wasn't accountable I wasn't um, ownership of my own Mm. self being you know and it came to a stage that I thought maybe I I need to get some help and I went to the doctors Mm. Uh, Do you remember that? What sparked that? I need help. Yeah, it was. I couldn't fit shoes. Um, I had gout. Um, I dropped a vase on my feet and uh, got stitches and couldn't walk ten meters. I was in bad shape. I couldn't breathe. Smoking, drinking. It was still so bad. Were you still working? No, I was okay. off work. So you're so off I was work. off work and. Uh, they sent me to the 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 hospital. I went to St. John of God in Broad. Yep. Um, and learning, processing, uh, taking it all in. I wanted to, okay. And it, was, it was hard, but I gained a lot of knowledge and, and that helped me get that help to go to the doctors um, eventually. Like that guilt, uh, finding out that, Hey, it wasn't my, you know, my fault. So you shouldn't yeah. feel guilty. And so I went to the doctors, uh, and that was the spark. That was, I'm grateful for this doctor because he gave me tough love. Do you remember what he said? Yeah, definitely do. I I went in, and um, I said, "Look, uh, I think I need to lose some weight, huh?" He said, "Yeah, I think so too. You're 180." Um, he goes, you know what? I got a friend who does 
uh, weight loss surgery. Um, I'm going to sign you up, work will pay for it, blah, blah, blah. And he's doing it in my behalf. That got me angry. Mm. I go, wait a minute. No, 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 I could do this myself. And he goes, son, he's, this is what he said. He goes, son, you know how long I've been a doctor for? I've been a doctor for 20 years, yeah? And the way he looked at me, the eyes don't lie. And he goes, you won't be able to knock. Yeah, I can. Mm. He goes, you can't even do a knee push-up. Yeah, I can. I went on my knees, tried to do a knee push-up. And he was right. I couldn't even do a knee push-up. And he goes, anyway, continue. You've, oh, it got me so worked up. Mm. And I said, you know what, doc? No, don't do that. I'll be back. He goes, yeah, you will be back. Like saying, you won't be able to do it. And I said, I'm going to do it myself. I don't need this. There's nothing wrong with that, but let me put some effort in first, yeah? Yeah. Um, and he goes, all right. That's just the way you wanted to do yeah. it. Yeah. To, and I went into the car and completely broke down. I broke down. Cried. I needed that day, eh? like it was just yeah. got everything out. And I looked in the re- in the rear vision mirror in my eyes, and I said, uh, "From now on, you have to do this, no matter what. No matter what happens, how I don't know. Mm. I can't even do a knee push up, but it doesn't matter how, as long as you." That time, my mindset started changing. So I started listening to different podcasts. I started listening to motivation videos. I started, I had to do what I had at the time. Mm. Do what you can, what you got. Mm-hmm. And um, I said, it's going to be a hard journey. And I went, that night I went to my uh, my parents' house, told my dad. And he gave me the same look the doctor gave me, huh? like. Mm. The doctor, don't get me wrong, they cared for me, they loved me, but didn't give you that, no, no chance. My yeah. dad gave me that look, he goes, oh, okay, son, yeah. That emotion that come out in the car, was that relief or was it, were you scared or do you remember what that feeling was? Because I, was, uh, what I ask is when I was at my rock bottom and I went and, and uh, I went to a GP and it was the, I was surrounded by so many people. I never told a soul what I was actually going through. And then I went to my GP and then when she said, how can I help you? And I cried for like 10 minutes. I couldn't speak. But I, and out, like you just said, it triggered my memory of it. It's just this outpouring of stuff. And I remember just being so relieved. Yeah, and I'll, uh, so I had this feeling of being scared and fearful, and then and then being able to say to someone, "I need help." The relief of saying that to someone else, the outpouring of emotion was unbelievable. Yeah, and so I was wondering if you had a yeah that was similar for you, very similar, and also knowing the task at hand. Yes, how difficult it's going to be. It's, it's, it's overwhelming. It's another mountain to climb. And I knew it's going to be a very big mountain because I knew how I was 180 kilos. I know I couldn't walk much. I couldn't do much. And and but that yeah. determination it, it, and it's not motivation. 
because motivation comes and goes, you know. Mm. When you don't feel like it, you won't do it, but you have to be driven. Yeah. You know, and I was, and that's what I felt. And I said, oh. Yeah. And then things got worse, you know, like, <laughs> um, and then I did reconnect with um, Sergeant Sterling, shout out, Mick Sterling, um, as a program that helped me out. So I started changing, like, I remember sleeping in the car park because the, the thing was, I, um, it was, it was, I was getting better, but within a few months, the damage was done already, and I lost my family. Um, you know, I got kicked out of home, and uh, and I was in the on the road to recovery, but but the damage was already done from before my my attitude, my be my anger, my you know the isolation. I used to. When I used to finish work and just go in the backyard and drink and just ignore, even my kids ignore, and because I didn't want to talk about my day, and so the damage was done, and I got kicked out of home, and and then again I, I was too shame because I was getting better, but I was too shameful. I didn't want to tell my parents that I was telling them I was getting better. I'm going to try to lose weight, and all of a sudden I just got kicked out of home, and yeah. I had I had I was too so I slept in the car. I was basically homeless and and i remember doing reconnect and um it was like a, it's a rehab facility sort of thing and they were helping me out with the weight loss and um and the, the most gratitude i ever had was when i slept in the car got out and i see birds singing and 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 i was breathing and i said i had gratitude hey like even though it was probably I wasn't in a comfortable bed, but it, it, it just made me realize to have gratitude. And there's obstacles, and this was a big obstacle, like what happened to me. And uh, and he didn't. He, he paused me, obviously. And then, but I didn't want to go backwards. So, in other words, I didn't want to use that as an excuse to drink again, as an excuse, even though it was one of the worst things that happened to me. But I didn't because I already had that accountability when I looked at myself when I broke down to not go backwards no matter what mm. and and to use that as no excuses no matter what and um, that's what it was so I didn't drink I didn't eat bad I still cut out the sugar and doesn't you got to change that mindset because my mindset yeah. changed that day and I knew it's going to be hard but I didn't know the obstacles what that's yeah. going to happen so can you share up to that point um, what your mindset was, um, okay, being kicked out of home and then, you know, shameful to, to tell your parents and so you're living in the car. Was your mindset up to that point kind of in the past and in, in, in sort of feeling this guilt and shame and then you woke up that morning with a feeling of acceptance of exactly where you are in life and then once you accepted that, you could then move forward? Yeah. Yep, hundred percent. I, I remember breathing and having gratitude and going, "I'm here I'm now, here. alive." I ground myself. This is all. This yeah. is my my foundation. This is all I've got. Yeah, and this is where I'm going from here. Uh, one thing I learned is grounding myself. Yeah, um, because you know I still had bad dreams and everything, and so I ground myself, hold my breath for seven seconds. I mean, breathe for seven seconds, hold for seven seconds, release for seven seconds. 
or five seconds, whatever it is, but as long as, and that's what I continue doing and, and, uh, yeah, gratitude. Yeah. Like, it's amazing. That's, that's very powerful what you've just, what you've just shared. And so were you on medication at this time? Uh, in the beginning I was like sleeping medication and whatnot. The other ones I refused to, to take. When I found out this mindset, I found different ways of medicating myself. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, example, like what I said, when I had bad dreams is where before I didn't go back to sleep, I drank and ate, drank and ate, scared to go back to sleep. Now these yes. days, and I still have it these days, it, you can't hold, you can't help yourself. You know, the conscience is still there when you're sleeping and the things I've, you know, dealt with. But I do different stuff like wake up, okay, okay, you know, touch something, or I even pinch myself a little bit. I'm okay. Breathe and keep breathing because no matter what situation you're in, no matter where you are, you can always breathe. And and that was a tough um, uh, situation, and but ground myself and. And then go back to sleep. And yeah. I'm able to go back to sleep because I've changed the way I was inside. And yep. and um, I've had a – here's another um, challenge. When I I found a friend who was living by himself in Lane Cove and he goes, oh, live with me. I go, oh, I'm mad, okay. You know, I knew him since we were young and everything. Yep. Uh, long story short – and then I joined a weight loss challenge. And this was a challenge that I said to myself that, again, no matter what obstacles I have, I'm, I'm going to win it. I'm going to do my best to win this. And uh, not knowing my friend, he was he liked alcohol. Mm. And he uh, um, complained about life a lot. Yeah. Um, blamed the world for a lot mm-hmm. and it was very hard to live with waking me up at 2 o'clock in the morning to drive him to the service station to get meat pies and I'm actually in this competition this weight loss competition and I remember thinking to myself obstacles in my life this this is not helping me at all yeah And but he's doing me a favour and I'm living with him and yeah but um, his negativity in life and and life conflicting isn't conflicting it? Yeah. you know and but i continued and, and and drove to from there to Campbelltown. shout out to mighty fitness you know uh ivan and those guys were great and a lot of them and um yeah i ended up winning the competition considering the obstacles i had and injuries i had um from work i had uh golfer's elbow nerve problem in my elbow and knee problem because uh, I had a lot of injuries from work yeah like physical injuries that I end up going to hospital and um but doesn't matter what kind of injuries you no one's forcing me to eat the bad foods that's right no one's forcing me and because I'm injured or because something happened it's it's not an excuse not to eat bad and and, and don't get me wrong we all fall down and we all do that but um yeah, so... Do you remember how much weight you lost in that challenge? I did two challenges. Um, the first one, I lost 11... 
11, 11 kilos, I think it was. Mm-hmm. And even the mindset is, is it's, it's mind growth where you learn more mentally. And that was a great learning task because the winner of that competition, I remember thinking, oh, that's because his wife is in the same competition. His wife cooks for him all the time. And, and so I was not knowing, but I wasn't 100% accountable and mm. I was still making excuses, even though I was getting better, even though I was on the road to recovery, but I was still blaming, oh, that person because he... And, but the, when the time I did the second one, I said, you know what, it's not because that person could... It's because he's disciplined. Yes. It's because of that person's... Uh, his work ethic. Yes. And I, I said, no. Nah. So the second one, I said, no. Nah. And that's when I was living with my friend who was out of alcohol problems, uh, driving so far. I drove from Lane Cove to Campbelltown, which is a fair fair distance. Absolutely. A fair distance. I remember sleeping at the gym in the car so I could wake up and train. And, and I said, there's not going to be an excuse this time around. Yeah. There's not going to be. And I won the competition. I ended up losing... Oh, 22 kilos or something like that or wow something so something lost, massive what was the time frame eight or 12 weeks eight weeks it so was, you've lost double yeah. double around double the yeah. amount of weight That's in the right. same time and the only thing difference was your mindset correct yes to, to be accountable to yourself yeah. to um you know not make excuses not compare yourself to other people yes. and commit the work ethic commit to what actually needs yeah. to be done yeah, because yeah. comparing yourself to others is the worst thing to do. Uh, it's you versus you. Yes. And that's the way I saw it. It's you versus you, and you want to be the better version who you were yesterday. Yes. And if something happens, improvise, adapt, and overcome. Uh, and enjoy the process as well. Don't drag your feet. Enjoy the process. It's going to be tough, but, uh, you know, you choose what is it. Is it it's going to be hard. You choose your heart. You yeah. know? It's going to be hard if you eat bad, you're going to feel guilty, or it's going to be hard to eat good. You choose your hardness, you know what I mean? Yes. And just enjoy the process, and that's what I did all through the challenge. And, yeah. Um, yeah, and the, uh, helping out others as well during the journey was the main thing for me mm. um, to to encourage them and yeah. and, and help them out. Um, sec- like second place was Alina. And she went through um, some illness lately and her mindset to overcome that. Um, she had some type of cancer and, and she fought that lately and uh, helping out during her uh, journey in the wow. beginning when we did that weight loss and she lost a lot and, and she's, she's fighting. Um, so it helps out in life in general. Um, mm. So, yeah. So just to backtrack a little bit, do you – being in the car and being kicked out of home, was that your rock bottom? Um, no. no. Can you, are you able the, to share what yeah, that was? No, the rock bottom was before I went to the um, the doctors. Um, or the doctors, yeah, that was rock bottom. Uh, mm. Where being in denial still. Yeah. And for me it was like, um, like a tunnel of darkness and – not having faith that there was light on the other side. Yeah. Um, not believing that 
something you don't see. Like it was just complete darkness for me. Mm. Uh, like the guilt I was saying before, everything was dark in the world, yeah. negative in the world. The world is turned to shit, you know. Did you ever have thoughts of ending your life? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Mm. Uh, yeah, close to it. Um, yeah. Do you know what kept you from doing that? Oh, there was a, like a little fence. Um, I was too fat to climb over it, to be honest with you. It was that funny. It, it was, I mean, it wasn't funny because I was at a point that I felt like no one cared for me. No one. I, I, I was too fat to climb over this fence and, and it was like a bird that was next to me. Like he just flew. And I looked over this bird and I said, can't even do this. Like, and I laughed like it was just weird, like bizarre. And I just laughed at myself. Wow. And I just laughed at myself and then, uh, and I drove back and like that doctor acknowledging to myself that uh, changing mindset yeah. slowly, like yeah. changing my diet around just slowly, like slow steps. Like when I was at the car, when I broke down and I looked at myself, what am I going to do? Like mm. I see people running marathons or half marathons or walking fast or they fit. It was, and I knew the journey is going to be hard. Like I went to a gym, I went on the treadmill and there was fit people next to me, a girl, attractive girl next to me and other fit people, yeah. I called the uh, trainer. I said, hey, something's wrong with the treadmill. There was nothing wrong with the treadmill. I was just too heavy for it. Wow. And that's why it wasn't working. He was so embarrassed. Looked at the girl next to me and she looked at me like, oh, like sympathy. And mm. so I learned quickly that, again, it's you versus you and it doesn't matter how you look or as long as you're doing something about it day by day because it was embarrassing and, and whatnot. What, and what did you do with that? What you you would have felt embarrassment for that? Me too. Yes. And and so, what was your mindset from that? Like, okay, I'm not gonna, I can't get on the treadmill. So, did did that eat at you for a while, or did you say, well, this is the way it is, and I'm gonna do something else? Yeah. It, the way I learned as well, don't let your emotions take control of you. Uh, for example, when you wake up in the morning. The first 10 seconds will over, like if you want to go to the gym in the night before and you wake up in the morning and go, no, nah, I'm just too tired. Uh, and then within the first 10 seconds, you're going to find excuses because all the voices in your head saying not to go. But you conquer that and you go, no, nah, there's no reason. Your legs are fine. Your arms are fine. You're breathing. Go for it. Yeah. Because you never know what life can throw at you. And that's what, occurred to me i go yep yeah. i go you know what it's good that i'm i actually changed the mindset saying you know what it's good that i'm 180 kilos 170 or i was going down 160 150 i went to uh johnny big for example and i did it in purpose i go yeah i'll get the seven extra large shirts fit me how's it look good i go i'm actually going to get five xl and she goes oh yeah and i go i know it's not going to fit me but i'm going to put it in the cupboard mm. and then down the track i go and get the five xl go back to the shop i'm going to buy three xl Okay, cool. I'll go log it down in your system. Okay, log it down your system. So I'll buy smaller clothes. I wake up in the morning, I'm looking, I go, I'm going to fit in you one day. One day I will. I'm going to fit on you. So that was like a, 
a driving force. People put photos. People can, uh, you know, yeah, things like that to motivate themselves in the morning. Mine was the shirt, and I go, yeah, that's a smaller size, and yeah. it doesn't matter how long it would take, but uh, you know, everyone's got to find what works for them. Yeah. What's your motivator? What's gonna What's the fuel you're going to use to keep burning when motivation is not there? When there's no spark? When what's the fuel? Yeah, that's going to keep that burning. So for you, it's the shirt. Yeah, to find your reason why. Yeah, and uh, use negativity. I had circle of friends that were going, "No chance, you're going to do this and that." And I go, "Fuel to the fire." I loved it. I go, "Give me more," you know. Mm. So I use it as fuel to the fire. Uh, that treadmill, fuel to the fire. Um, yeah. The clothes. It just fed me more. And mm. knowing that as long as you're trying to make a difference to yourself, uh, that's what counts. Yeah. And so just when you're at that 180 kilos and you're at that start line of losing that weight, it it's just something each day, isn't it? It's not yeah. getting too far ahead of yourself. It's not allowing obstacles to stop you. Yeah. It's just you do whatever you can in your control, whether that's eating or just moving, whatever you can, where, however you can, yeah. Um, each day, and I think you said something before about you just don't want to go backwards. Yeah. So, okay, if you have to pause for a day, then that's where you are, and then you the next day you can move another step forward, and then you might go another step forward, but then pause because you're not feeling that great, or yes. so or you've had an obstacle, but don't go backwards. Yes, just keep moving forward. Exactly. Step by step, start looking step. at the big picture. Like when I was there, I didn't look at the big picture that I'm going to win a challenge because you never know what how life is. That's right. You know, so I took it day by day and wrote things down in a in a journal. Mm. Uh, you, you need to keep yourself accountable. Tell people about it. Say, you know what? Today I'm going to do good. Tell someone. Yeah. Spread that, and if and you know when you want to feel because temptation comes in. Kind of just told someone. Mm. I, I I wrote it down because you, you can't lie to yourself as well. When you look at yourself in the mirror, it, you're lying to yourself. So you because there's no one around, no one would know. Yeah, and it's easy to get bad food, for example. Yes, um, but you got to be truthful to yourself, complete ownership. Mm. And it's the story that you tell yourself in the mind. So if someone says to you, "You you're not going to lose that weight." So that can go into your mind and you can either use that as, you know what, you're right, I'm not going to lose that weight and I'm just going to go back and yeah. what's the point? I'll just go back to doing whatever I was doing yeah. and then you feel like shit and the weight goes back on. Or you can do what you did and say that story goes into the mind and go, oh, so you don't think I can do it, watch me. And then it becomes a positive. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So it's all about what the story is in your mind and how that, is interpreted correct and, and it is and it can be hurtful yeah absolutely but it's, it's how you take it uh and drill on that mm. because um yeah yeah so you then got as the weight started to come off and you started to experience different things you might have been able to to run you went into boxing yes you got some I, bo- uh, what was that experience like it was uh it, it, there's no other uh, I wanted to help others and say I've done this and do the biggest challenge I can and jump in the ring uh, in, the, in the in the boxing ring and, and train for that and um, 
yeah it, it's only it's only you there it's it there's no escape uh the adrenaline and full contact as well and um mm. but it's it's the best experience as well and there's no other feeling like that um and i, I love boxing i followed boxing all my life and yeah but um it's so a whole did different you train yeah. specifically for something or did you just start doing boxing for weight loss and you, um, then you ended up getting into the yeah. ring? Or? I, I, I actually did the first um, ever New South Wales police uh, event. That was the last fight in it. Um, was that uh, for New South Wales Police Legacy? Legacy, yes. Yeah. yeah. New South so Wales I, Legacy. I happen to have a T-shirt here that... Uh, so New South Wales Police Boxing Gala Fight Night, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And look out. So right down the bottom there. There it is. Dave Caffarata. <laughs> look out. <laughs> How does that feel to it see feels your name good. on a Actually, shirt? Actually, uh, if you have a white text, I might sign it for you. Like, yeah, <laughs> perfect. 100%. I'll do that. What's that like? That's, uh, it's, it, it's uh, you know what it is? It's, um, it's uh, to show that. If you have the right mindset, things can um, go blokes in there. Yeah, people that things can be done. Yes, um, as long as you believe in yourself mm. uh, and just keep going. What did you weigh what? when you jumped in the ring? Uh, that one, this that particular fight, uh, I think it was one hundred and nine, one hundred nine wow. kilos on that one. And how long did it take you to lose? Go from one hundred eighty plus to one hundred nine kilos. It, uh, year and a bit, year and a half. Wow! Uh, and I have a lot of people like my father go. That took, that was fast. And the way I told him was, it's because I took a step, paused, step, step, pause, step, step. Where other people might go, step, step, backwards, 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 because something happened in their life. Yes. Step, step. Where I'm pausing, step. They go backwards, step, step. Yes. You see, and uh, and it's not because everything was going great for me. It's not like I had the best trainer and uh, the best food. I had a chef, I had the best gym. I was sleeping in my car during the process. I was, you know, but I was consistent and I took advantage of what I had and what I got. Yes. Um, and that's what counts and that's why he took that time frame a year and a half, two years. It wasn't, yeah, so it's basically not going backwards because it would have taken me a much longer if I went backwards, like going, oh, drinking again and backwards. It'd be hard to find that back to square one again yeah. and keep going. I love yeah. how you refer to it as while other people go step, 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 backwards, 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 where you go step, 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 pause because something's happened in yeah. life and then you just got to take, take stock, let the dust settle on that and then take yes. steps forward rather than most people go backwards yes. and retreat back to the shields or the soothing mechanisms that they use to get by, yeah. you know, to cope with that life event. But if you can just pause, take those breaths and then move forward. Really? Even And that might be a week, but it's all about just making sure you don't go backwards. Yes. So just pausing. Yeah. And that was... That was a challenge. Yeah. Was a challenge. And, and so what's it like being in the ring and it's ding, ding? Yeah. It's, what's the feeling like? Going, this guy's trying to uh, knock me yeah. out. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> trying to hurt me. Um, and it's and I didn't – the guy, off, he 
he was such a nice guy, a great guy. So I didn't have that that anger, that that killing instincts. Like if you gave me boxing gloves back when I was suffering, it would be sloppy. But I just want to hurt him. It was yeah. a different. This is like a, uh, it's a science, you know, like it's a sports science, it's a sport, it's tactic, it's like a game of chess, but, you know, trying to tag him, I didn't want to hurt him, but uh, I did hit him a few times hard, he hit me too, he busted my nose, but <laughs> but it was, a, it was all, it was all love, you know, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't a street fight or anything, it yeah. was, and um, and there's no other feeling like that, the the crowd's watching and, um, but basically showing that, hey, uh, I was able to do this where it was impossible uh, not long ago yeah to do this yeah <laughs> no chance yeah within 20 seconds I would have you know yeah did any anywhere along the way of losing 80 kilos did you become emotional or have that was there just this constant um, feeling of just accomplishment or did you ever have those moments where you'd have you were so proud of yourself, you would trigger a feeling and an emotion or did you ever experience anything like that? Yeah, a few times, but a lot of times was putting myself down saying to help me. I used negative as positive. I used uh, mm. bad things positive. I changed my mindset saying like wake up in the morning, oh, I don't feel like training. Like, you would get up, you fat, you know, telling me off. Yeah. Instead of hey, you achieved that because that brought me. I think that would have brought me back to laziness. Yeah, yeah. I, I just tell him you get up. You did more than that. What are you doing? Okay, mm. bang, do it. So, but it was a positive for me. So it was. I didn't. I wanted to achieve more um, for myself. You versus you, like I was saying, it's not comparing myself to other people, um, and I think that's what helped me. So Dave Goggins going. mindset. Yeah, yeah, stay hard. Stay hard. Exactly. And I've, I've exactly watched a lot of his stuff as well. Yeah. And just keep going. Just yeah. stay hard and same thing. And uh, Tyson Fury. Yeah. When I lost all that way and I jumped in the ring, a year, I remember it was only a year, a year and a half, two years later, Tyson Fury did the same thing. He was 180 killers. Yeah. And he lost it. He was, uh, changed his perspective about life and, and I said, wow. Hey, I did it before you. <laughs> you copied me. And, but it was amazing that he yeah. can spread that news. And he actually says it now. He goes, if I can change one person's life, you know, you achieve that. And, yeah. uh, and that's what matters. That's what matters yep. is is achieving. And, and that's why I did that. And I also did a um a 24-hour uh, treadmill challenge. It was, a, it was a suicide prevention to a gym I'd never been to, Anytime Fitness. I wasn't a member. Wow. It was at Lane Coven. I signed up for it. I went in there, and they said to me, "Oh, what team you, you have?" I go, "Team." Yeah, and I go, "No, I'm by myself." And they go, "What?" <laughs> and I go, "I thought this was a challenge twenty four. It is, but we got a team of twenty, team of fifteen, and right and constantly." And they go, "Oh, and, and you can do, you know." And I go, "Yeah, you know what? I'm going to do the whole twenty four hours myself." Not knowing anyone, they were all strangers, and I had twenty four hours people next to me in other treadmills, uh, doing the challenge, and and I um, I did twenty four hours nonstop. I went to the toilet like two three times. Lucky I didn't have to sit because I don't think my legs would stand it. I didn't train for it. I wasn't what you know. I wasn't that fit. And uh, rookie mistake in the beginning. I went a bit faster, like power walking. Uh, 
by the 24 hours, I, was, I think I was doing 1.5 or something. <laughs> my hips, my legs, my back. I was, and. Um, it would have been excruciating. Was what did you weigh when you did that? Uh, when I was, did that, it was. That was like one. Uh, 125, 130, I was yeah, losing right. a lot, you know, back in the weight. But I broke it down. I had a paper and texter, and I broke it down in 15, 15, 15, 15, 15 minutes. So four of that is one hour. Mm. So every time I did 15 hours, I crossed out the 15 to play games with my mind. Um, it was 24 hours, 24 hours, a long time. Mm. And, then, and then walking constantly. What would you think about what – where did your mind go when you were walking? Uh, there was always people next to me. Um, yeah. so and my mind is, well, my mindset was, you're not getting off this, no matter what. And break it down. 15 minutes doesn't seem that long. If you do it, oh, I've got three hours left. That's the same distance of here to Canberra or, or something like that. <laughs> you're not, yeah. I don't think I'll be able to uh, complete it. Yes. So I, 15 minutes, right. cross 15 minutes. Another 15 minutes. It didn't seem long. So I had a time. Mm. I'm going, it's only 15 minutes, you know? Yeah. And then uh, just kept going and doing that and pacing myself and just going. And um, yeah, it was a good achievement doing 15 minutes. The uh, owner of one of the Entertainment Fitness gave me a year membership for free as well. Oh, fair income. And gave me all these prizes because they promoted me and going, this guy is not even a member of any time and, and he's doing this for us and uh, they gave me free membership and I didn't ask for any of that. And, yeah. Uh, I just wanted to do it for that cause and raise money for suicide prevention and, and what I've experienced and, um, and yeah, and shout out to Rob from Melbourne. He uh, went to different gyms and he did it as well and i met him and yeah. still friends with him and he he was in the army and um he, he had um you know uh suicide uh thoughts as well and he broke through it and he's fighting through it um but uh that was an experience yeah so that's amazing that you just rocked up and just did that just rocked up and, and then did it and i remember i had to walk home after that <laughs> they offered me they i remember they said do you want to lift home Said, Surely someone uh, gave you a lift. I out. said no. Oh wow! And it, how far it, it's was that? supposed to be a ten minute walk. It took me about forty five minutes. <laughs> Just and um, oh wow! And I also did a um, for mental health. For um, I did a uh, a marathon, forty two point two forty two point five k's. I think it is a marathon without training. Wow! Uh, let's just say the last kilometers. This is outdoor. The last few kilometers took me maybe the 25, 30 minutes to do okay. <laughs> My hip was gone. And again, uh, uh, your your mindset has to be on tap. Like, you know. Um, yeah, like what, what are you saying to yourself when you're hurting? Pain is temporary. Mm. You know. And you can keep going. You've been through worse. You felt worse. Like when I was at rock bottom. Mm. And it's a blessing in disguise being through those darkness times because you've, you've been through worse than this. Mm. Enjoy, enjoy the process. Enjoy this pain. Enjoy the pain. Enjoy the pain. I mean, because I needed to complete that finish line no matter what. And like I said, it took me like half an hour to do okay. Yeah. That's all longer. Like my hip, and, but it was for a good cause. Yes. It's for, a, 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 you know. A, a challenge for mental health and and um 
yeah, I can't wait to continue doing more. Yeah. Um, have you got any more events that you've got last your eye year, on? Last year, I signed up to do uh, the boxing again, but COVID hit. Yep. Uh, the Rona. Uh, and this year, I wanted to do it as well. Yeah, so I think boxing might be out for a little while. Yes. Can you share what's what's happened to your arm? Yeah. Um, two days before my son's birthday, uh, January 7th this year. Mm-hmm. Um, the morning of, I... I was doing boxing. I had a videotaped, um, just in, I loved it. Like the video was saying, oh, I can't wait to do the boxing tonight, uh, later on in the year, you know. And then hours later at night time, I was trying to shut a side window. A bit hard to shut and it became easier. Shut it, slammed, the window broke and my arm went straight through the glass. Uh, and my son was there, and he started screaming, and and what are you crying? You know what's wrong? It's only a glass. I thought he was crying for the glass because he shattered. He well, he broke old school glass. Yeah, yeah. And then I saw the blood, and had a jacket. I took the jacket off, and, and blood squirting everywhere. He's panicking, and I'm trying to calm him. It's only a scratch, <laughs> but I ended up cutting my artery completely off. My artery completely off, 100%. My tendon, 100%. And 60%, 50-60% of my nerve, my ulnar um, nerve. So, And it's about halfway along your forearm? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's in there. Yeah, wow. That's a... How many stitches are in that? It's a good 40 plus, 45. Yeah. Something like that. And yeah. I'll put up some pictures on yeah. of multiple things across this, <laughs> but uh, I'll definitely put one up about that. A leader loss, um, blood, um, and the ambos took a long time and they had to get caught again. I'm trying to hold as much I can because I knew I was losing a lot of blood. Mm. I ended up losing a leader. They said um, the blood's squirting everywhere, the artery, and trying to breathe again. Uh, when you practice things in life, that mindset is you use it when unexpected things happen in life. And one of the things I've uh, learned was breathe mm. calm because not knowing what happened, I didn't know the artery was, I knew something was wrong, like a lot of blood squirting everywhere. Yeah. You panic more, I think I would have lost a much more. And, yes. and then, especially seeing that blood. Uh, in, my heart would have raced more and yes. um, it would have pumped it out harder. Yeah. Yeah. And especially the amber, one minute seemed like 20 minutes and a half. It, it seemed time stands still. That's the main, one thing I should, uh, should have said about boxing is 20 seconds seems like 20 minutes. It's a, it's, time is complete different. You watch a movie, five minutes goes really quick. You do boxing yeah. for three minutes or two minutes. It seems like a long, long time. Yeah, and the same, the same as well. Um, so, uh, you were saying that the ambos took half an hour, forty minutes. Yeah, they were busy. By the time and they I, were arrived, and I think they, they had to call twice. Wow, it was, it was a mistake. Uh, I think they must have done a mistake calling the ambos or something. But yeah. um, but they, they were complete busy, and mm. um, they were great when they turned up. And yeah, uh, 
you know, they had a great sense of humor. And one of the ambulance took photos of my mom. It was her birthday. She had a birthday thing. And, um, yeah, happy birthday to her. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I yeah. saw a photo of the, the bathroom. It was horrific. Yeah. Because the first place I went to, because instincts, it's like when you're sick, when you want to vomit or something, you go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom and, and I thought, to myself, what am I doing here? Like, yeah. <laughs> uh, Let's go back to the bed or something, get a towel. And then, and, and, and yeah, so wow, I, I went to the bathroom at first. And um, yeah, so so going back to the mindset, you, you've had a you know, your prognosis of recovery is, is uh, you know, the, the nerves in your arm are gonna grow a, a half a millimeter a day, half a millimeter a day. And you've um, got you've worked out that the, the size of the cut. For those nerve endings to grow, for you to get full feeling back, is going to be about six hundred days, or you know, getting thirty up. centimeters, half a millimeter, yeah. six hundred days plus. Um, so your mindset around that of being able to have full use of your arm again, what's that like? Yeah, like the morning of, uh, my passion was boxing, mm. and I really had the mindset of training as hard as I can to 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 fight. Later on in the year, uh, yeah, a few fights. You know, I wanted to do different competitions as well. And my, but when this happened, is uh, adapt and overcome. I had to change, improvise, because I knew it was my strong hand as well. Mm. Um, so I had to do everything with my left, and that was um, that was tough. You know, because I uh, I did fall a bit. Um, because I didn't expect it, that that life when life hits, life hits hard. Um, mm. It's like one of the sayings Rocky says: "It's not how hard you can hit; it's how hard you can get hit, and keep moving forward. How much you can take, and keep moving forward." Mm. But this one I didn't expect. I was really looking forward to training and weights, and I, was, I had a program. I had everything gone, and then my life just turned again. Um, and you know, I I put some weight back on, um, and it's good. I'm here now. It's good. People watching, uh, maybe down the track, you can have a quick video podcast and something. Because I'm yep. my aim now is to uh, focus and hold everyone accountable again. Hold myself accountable because I do need to lose around 10, 15 kilos. Yeah, it'd be good too. Because uh, I. I, I I used it as, uh, there was a few times I used it as an excuse and ate bad and whatnot. But at the end of the day, no one forced me to eat bad. Yep. And I realised that and I got back up and uh, I do different things. So instead of boxing, I, I'll go for walks because I couldn't move my arm because of the nerve. Every time I had it in the sling for a bit and I had it up here, so I couldn't run because every time I run, I can feel all oh, the nerve pain. Mm. is just, it's bad, you know, like... Yep. But um, now I can move it more. It's been uh, a couple of months now. You're driving. Um, yeah. I'm driving, yeah, left-handed. Um, my riding's still terrible with both hands anyhow, you know. <laughs> yeah. so, but uh, in fact, with my nephews yesterday, I was practicing one left. And, yeah. Uh, so, um, so I hold myself. There's no excuses. Because yep. this happened doesn't mean I can do, you know, it does hurt life. You can let everything go to shit. It's yeah. not the excuse that you need. Yeah. yeah. And 
now you know I went to the the gym and uh, obviously I had to cancel uh, the boxing and everything and but I you know going to the treadmill walking now I'm jogging and getting back into that fitness because I lost a lot of the fitness and and um, now I hold myself accountable and doing my own uh, weight loss challenge again and and trying to lose that weight because as long as you uh, don't go backwards too much um, yeah and he and it's you know I wake up in the morning. It's like a nightmare, um, but it's a good thing. You know, I say, it's good. It's a bit better. Not mm-hmm. much, half a millimetre a day. I've got another half a mil. Half a mil, another 599 days, it's all good. Um, yeah. But I can still use my left yeah. and thinking to myself, life can be much worse. Imagine I didn't have my left hand. Yeah. Uh, you know, I could still pull my clothes and tie my shoelaces as a challenge. It would take much longer. Um, you could have died. I know, could have lost my arm and I could have died I could have let yeah. out yeah yeah. Right. yeah to have that severed artery and yeah. to be you know I'll show the, I'll put the photos up that's you know to be alive after that is is you know yeah a lucky thing yeah so it's just gratitude isn't it gratitude and uh gratitude for sure can you go back to um there's a lot of people who um have reached out to me who watch the podcast there's, you said you went into St John of God um, at Burwood for a, for a stay. Can you share how long you were in there? What was it like? What was the feeling in you when you first the first day that you were there? Yeah. Uh, how did you get out of? What did did they help you there? Yeah. So what was that like? Um, it was first time going there. It's just knowing I do have a problem, acknowledging that and saying, you know, I do need help. Yes. And sharing it with different people in the, um, I say classroom sort of thing, like like AA meeting or something like that. that. But there was one from Afghanistan, shout out to Shane. He was from Afghanistan um, and he's got a book out as well and Ambo police officers and um, there was a lot of, there's a few people in the class that, didn't want to accept the help. It's not going to work, this and that, negativity. And I said, no, I've got to give it a chance. These guys know what they're talking about. So I had to acknowledge that and not listen to naysayers sort of thing. It's about being open-minded to the process. Open-minded to the process because if you go in there and go, no, you're not going to get help. If you refuse that and use that as an excuse, you're not going to get the help. Mm Mm-hmm. So if you're open-minded about it and say, you know what, let's see, you know, what I've got to lose. Mm-hmm. can't get any worse than this, you know. They, mm. And I've got a lot, you know. I've got a lot. They they told me about the guilt. I remember they took me aside once and, and had a personal um, conversation with me and I told them about the guilt and broke down and they, and they told me about, you shouldn't feel like that. Mm. It's not your fault. You don't have a crystal ball and you're not. You know the man above. You're not. You're not God. You don't know these things. Yeah. Um, so I learned that, and I learned about grounding myself. I learned about the breathing, mm. um, and I learned to be your own uh, accountability. You have to take responsibility. Mm. Will Smith said something that stuck by me. He said, it's not your fault something happened to you. It's not your fault. 
you know, it's not your fault if you got abused as a child. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault if you saw these bad things or you dealt with these bad things or you had death in the family. It's not your fault. But it's your responsibility to do something about it. Mm. it it's not your fault, but it's your responsibility to do something about it. And that stuck by me, you know, mm. and it's so true. And yeah. I've learned little things like that. And you got to do it yourself as well. Like mm. maybe everything's against you. Uh, so the fire inside you has to be bright more than the fire outside of you. Yeah. No matter what. Yeah. So you got to just believe in something you do not see mm. um, and have faith of things that you do not see as well. Yeah. And it doesn't matter what you believe or what religion you are. You know, I, I prayed and I, you know, pray to God to help me as well. Everyone's different, you know, as long as you believe in yourself in the end of the day. Yes. And that's what counts. Yeah, absolutely. Did they have any emphasis on mindfulness and exercise? Yes. In there? Oh, yeah. yeah. Heaps of uh, mind growth um, and mindset and everything like that. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. I do find that that's a common theme of breathing, you know, practicing how to how to lower your heart rate, how to, when you feel that emotion or those feelings and anxiety rising, to use breathing as as a way to calm that or to to stop that from rising. Um, Eating well, um, you know, trying to get your sleep into check. So routine um, is big. Um, So exercise, um, mindfulness, and then obviously the work on the mind with, you know, dealing with the traumas that you've you've been exposed to so that seems to be the common themes that come out of you know different programs or facilities but back to those core principles of grounding yourself in in looking after your your body in in terms of sleep how you eat um how you move yeah have an open mind and have an open mind because if you don't have an open mind you're not gonna you're not gonna i don't need that yeah Yeah. Yeah, 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 even and you and you never stop learning. Yes, yeah. I learn a lot from you. Yes, even you know, like every day you learn more and you take that in. Yeah, knowledge is power. Like and 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 um, because we're all human in the end of the day. But yeah, as long as you have gratitude and have uh, and start slow. I mean, I still get anxiety. I still get bad thoughts, but I try to shut it down as quick as I can. You know, some like good example. Yesterday, I woke up. Oh, I don't want to go for a walk. It was raining. Oh, it's raining, and it. Took, it I, I had a fight within myself for like forty minutes, but eventually I went went to the gym and I did you know a few five six k's in the treadmill uphill, jogged a bit, hit training, which I'm able to do now. My hand, I can run now, and and you know I can't move my fingers still, and I can't. It's difficult to grab things. Um, I can't move it up and I can't move my wrist back, but I can still run on the treadmill. I can yeah. still walk in the treadmill. I yeah. can't obviously pick up a dumbbell, um, but I, I, I'm starting to do it with my left arm now. Um, exercise with my left hand and, and doing weights with my left. Unfortunately, I can't do it with my right, but half a millimeter a day. And That's it. You know, step by step, you do what you can or what you got. Yep. And what I got is my left hand, thank God. And yep. And take advantage of that. And also, it's another good thing about this is when it does fully recover, I'm never going to uh, take advantage of it again. I'm just going to take it for granted. Not never look at again. it every morning. Yeah. Hey, you know, 
Yeah. I love you. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, absolutely. You, you always take, you know, because in life we always take things for granted. Yeah. And um, breathing and waking up with gratitude is one thing I took for granted. Yeah. When I was at my darkest point, I woke up grumpy, angry, I have to do this and all that. And it just ruined my whole day. Yeah. Um, but nowadays, every single morning I wake up and I go, I'm breathing. Yeah. Yeah. You know, uh, and that. It's a good place to start, isn't it? Look up in the sky and you go, damn. Yeah. I am lucky. I'm blessed. And it's not about um, having money or having position because those things can turn around. Like, mm. uh, you know, it doesn't matter how much money I I have or how, if I won the lottery, but I still can't ever be able to use my hand. And if I'm not able to control that with my mindset, there's nothing I can do about it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, yeah. And it's it's all about what you what you got. Yeah. Use that for your advantage and don't take things for granted. That includes loved ones. A couple more questions. For anyone who's wanting to join the police or a very junior constable at the moment, yep. what's your advice to them on how to look after yourself and to have a have every chance of having a, a long, healthy career? Yeah. Well, a few things I, I advice I give them. Um, the police don't train you. They only it's you only do shoot once a year. DEFTAC, which is uh, physical training once a year. Once a year. Mm. So my great advice is don't wait till something happens. Do something like basic karate or boxing or how to defend yourself. I always used to fold my arms like this and when talking to a crook and, and if they throw a punch, I'm already here. I'm already blocking, you know, mm. distance. Boxing is all about distance. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not saying to be a, to compete or anything like that, but keep the basics to protect yourself of unnecessary drama. It's like when we lock ourselves, when you lock the car, you don't leave the car open and the keys in ignition. You give people more chances of the car getting stolen. So you, back in the day, the club lock or you, the alarm on, and you shut the so the chances are less. Mm. So my advice is to do something in your own time. Uh, it builds your confidence, you know. Whatever weakness you have, if you're a bad communicator, learn that in your own time. Uh, you you got days off, you got time. We all have the same 24 hours, so use that time to your advantage instead of wasting your time. So be a better talker, uh, communicator. If uh, if you're not a good driver, like in the in the police car, learn to be a better driver. Um, yeah. Learn to breathe when it's a high risk situation. Um, your partner's depending on you, you know. So, not, there's a lot of people that freeze, you know. Mm. If you have more confidence when you learn that um, self discipline, that martial art, and and whatnot, uh, that's a great advice. And another one, most important, is advice I wish I knew was that you're not invincible, no matter how tough or how tough you think you are, because the mind, and if you hold things in. The bucket fills, and um, my advice to acknowledge that, to ask for help. If you were in a bad situation, you know, bad jobs, car crashes, and uh, bad things, talk to someone straight away. Don't wait till you need to talk to someone because it's good to see the thing about my arm. Everywhere I go, people ask. Hey, uh, what happened? What happened to you? Even arm? happened today when I was in, in the put in petrol. The, the the young lady goes, "Oh, what happened to your arm? Are oh, you okay?" I 
tell them about it. Oh, I hope you feel better and all that. It feels good. Mm. When you have a mind injury, um, no one asks. No one can see it. No one can see it. It's not physically seen. You walk past people and, and that plays with your head if you're not equipped with the knowledge and that no one cares for me. You walk past, they don't even know. When I went to try to hurt myself, no one cared. No one knew. No one no one cared. And that's the way I see the world. No one cares for me. When when it's physical and they see the stitches or when I have this, so, oh, what happened? Yeah. And that was the difference. And There's a feeling they care. Yeah. Feeling that they care and you can talk about it and it helps. So when you, the, the, the people that join is acknowledge that you're not invincible. Uh like what my father gave me, that tip is always be who you are. Don't let it change you. Don't let it be bitter. Don't let it change. Don't judge by a book by its cover. Just because one nationality or one does something bad doesn't mean everyone's the same. And when you go to one job and someone's getting you so angry, you might go to a break and enter victim house, but you're taking that anger to that person's house where they got nothing to do with it. They complete innocence. So, Leave that aside. So learn to deal with that. Mm. Don't let your emotions take control of you, because that person might be the nicest person, but you, you gave them an impression of a police officer because you go to a lot of jobs, but they don't. They mm. never forget the suit. They can remember dealing with the police two years ago, and you're like, oh, really? I don't remember that because you go to so many jobs. Yeah. But for that person, you don't want to give a sour taste. You don't want to, you know, you don't want to blast them for nothing. You 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 don't yeah. want them. To have a bad impression by police officers, and and because um, we're not all the we're not in the same, you know. Yeah, great advice, yeah, man. Great so. advice. Uh, for anyone who is on their own at the moment, really struggling, potentially at rock bottom. Yeah. Do you have advice to them about how to get out of that, or how to reach how to reach out? Yeah, seems like everything's so dark mm-hmm. and so. But it it doesn't matter where point you are. There's there's light in the tunnel. You won't you you won't see it. You can't see it. I didn't see it. But slowly, doesn't matter. I'm, you know, step by step. And there's people that do care and people that do want to help you out. Mm. Um, I can leave my email address, my social media addresses. Reach out, even if it's just quick conversation. Yeah, you know, just tell someone just you're tell struggling. Someone. Yeah, yeah. Just tell someone you. It's there's no shame about it. There's no, there shouldn't be any stigma about it. There's no. It's not a weakness at all. You know, the toughest soldiers that go overseas and fight in Afghanistan, they all they they come and suffer as well. Mm. Um, there's believe in yourself, acknowledge, be full, accountable ownership on yourself do tough love on yourself as well and my Jack Sparrow uh, from Pirate of the Caribbean there's a great saying that one of my favourite mentors is the problem is not the problem the problem is your attitude about the problem Mm. and that stuck by me and I go damn that's Mm. a good one and that when I was in the road to recovery that was one of them like when something happened go I go wait a minute the problem is not the problem. The problem is my attitude about the problem. Keep yeah. going. In 
life you never stop like for example i made myself accountable i'm going to lose this amount of weight now be accountable of what i'm going to eat um it, it is no it's not it's not bad falling mm. okay um les brown said it the best if you if you fall down make sure you land on your back because if you can look up you can get up and you fall seven times as long as you get up eight times yep. there's nothing wrong falling there's yep. nothing wrong hurting if those people that are on rock bottom there's n- it's it's not a bad thing failing there's not a bad thing falling down getting knocked down by life what matters is how you get up you know yep. everyone's different we all have our own stories no one's worse and no one's better no one's there's nothing like that it's you versus you in the end of the day yeah so you can yeah it's you versus you uh believe in yourself have faith have hope I like it, um good advice you know man. there's even though the world's against you just step by step slowly where is life for you now where are you working what's how are you today yeah uh you got to keep on fighting hey eh? mm-hmm. like you know um like i said yesterday morning i woke up it's not like i jumped out of bed and go, yeah i'm going to the gym no problem put my shoes on i woke up um couldn't sleep much because of my nerves in my arm i think i only had three four hours sleep <laughs> but i knew that i needed to go to the gym and and i fought for myself for 40 minutes but i eventually went i don't just postings everything positive mm. it's 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 a battle still it's a yeah. fight still i still have bad dreams i still you know last week i, I had a i had everything was good during the day but when i went to sleep i, I just had a flashback and had a bad dream but i dealt with it different yeah and, and that's the difference that's the difference mm. is that tools i have now um even driving like uh went to a shop last was it last week week before last and you don't know what i saw a little girl with her mum, and i just froze and he was he brought me back where um a girl that looked exactly like choked with a grape um and died and yeah it took me back there and i'm looking at this girl and I go, oh my God. That, you know, brought me back. Mm. So life can bring you back. It's not ignoring the past because the past happened. It's about dealing with it. So straight away, I just grabbed the railing. I was there. And I'm okay, you know. It's mm. okay, you know. Um, it's the awareness it's of that thought. That awareness. Matters. Not ignoring it. And not ignoring it. And, be, just that, and not yeah. masking it. Because mm. if I ignored it and I masked it, I was like, that's an excuse. Where's a bottle? Where's the where's the cheesecake shop? You know. Yeah. And that because all those things made things worse. Mm. Drinking, eating, make things much worse. Mm. Um, yeah. So I grounded myself, and then you know went on with my day. Yeah. And that's the same with driving and all seeing something. Um, it, it brings back those. So where I'm at today is that is just it's a like gratitude. Wake up in every single morning, the mindset, yeah. And it's not about oh, you know, hallelujah, everything's great. No, yeah. And you know, I still have to you know, half a millimeter a day. I know this is going to take over a year and a half, two years. So acknowledge that it's there. It is what it is. Yeah. What now? You're going to feel sorry for yourself. 
you know, mm. or you're going to do something about it. Yeah. It, I can't make it grow any faster, um, but I, I can actually with eat, eating healthy, yep. the right vitamins, listening to the – finding knowledge myself and, you know, Dr. Google and whatnot or mm-hmm. getting sick of professionals and or talking to someone about it, like what I'm doing now. Yeah, yeah. Everyone listening, you, this is helping me mm. um, talking about all these stuff, so – it's a it's a constant uh, and enjoying the process. So it's, I'm enjoying yeah. I'm enjoying the process. You know, um, I knew coming here, it's it's not going to be so easy. But yep. I said to myself, no, you're you're doing it to help others, and I'm you know, sharing the stories might help someone. Absolutely, um, even if they have to lose someone, go. You know what? I'm going to journal it down and be accountable, full ownership. I'm going to do it too. No yep. excuses. Keep it simple, you know. I'm going to cut out instead of because if you think, oh, what kind of diet, keto, uh, carnival, or you know, low carb, yeah. you you, it's yeah. over information overload. So yeah. uh, get help. I say, so what do you think is the best thing to do? Yeah, but in the end of the day, it's keep it simple. It's like joining a gym. You see all the equipment. God, oh, man, what do I do? Where do I start? Technique yeah. is everything. Form and keeping it simple and, and enjoying it as well, and yeah. and pushing yourself too. Uh, it's not about, oh, I went to the gym today. But what did you do when you were in the gym? Mm-hmm. You were in the phone for 40 minutes, You were in, and then you just did one exercise. Yeah. End of the day, you've got to be full accountable for yourself and look at yourself in the mirror and go, well, oh, I could have done more. Exactly. So push yourself what you can. It's you versus you. Yeah. Like I went to the gym yesterday, went on the treadmill. I'm not doing it for to join the Tokyo Olympics next year or this year. I'm doing it for myself and be, you know, to, I can't do boxing. Yep. I acknowledge that. Got to do it. Got to do something Face else. what it is. It yep. is what it is. It yeah. is what it was. So you got to keep going. Awesome, mate. Yeah. Are you Are you still with the police? Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I, I'm not doing uh, first response no yep. more. Yep. I was um, helping out with the prosecutors with court process, and yep. when great, I go mate. back, I'm doing intel, um, yep. intel work, and um, and that's. What I also want to tell other people is, because something happened to you, doesn't it? it it's not any reason to ruin your whole life. Mm. Yeah. For example, just like oops, sorry, it's like my arm. Um, it it's not a reason for dragging me down, and I can't. My life is over. Mm. I got one arm still, so adapt and overcome and. Um, that's what I've learned as well. It is, I maybe I can't do first response no more. I it, can do it, other things. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I can't use my right hand now, but I can use my left. Um, it's reality. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, mate, it, it sounds like that. Yeah, you're on track, and you know it's a day by day process, which what it should be for everyone. Yeah. Everyone's life should be day by day. You know, with a little eye on the future. Definitely just not giving too much weight to the past, yeah. but uh, being in the present as much as we can. And, mate, I just thank you so much for, for sharing your story and because this is just about bringing awareness of what people go through in emergency services, um, how it affects them at the time, how it affects them 10 years later, 20 years later, and never leaves us. You're always situationally aware, and and the the anxiety levels can can fluctuate, but they never go. 
it, it's so it's about bringing awareness of, of what what people go through and um, you know today's um, you know stories from yourself is so much good advice on on how to get through with a with a more positive mindset and using gratitude and breathing and and that you know yes you're going to have um, bad days but you always got to be optimistic yeah you know you, yeah you're not always going to be happy and positive every single day but if you have optimism you know you're going to have that future thought that it's shit now but things will get better yes um so mate I, I i really appreciate your bravery and your courage of sharing your story and i know definitely it will help others so i really appreciate it i appreciate you too thank you for having me here awesome mate yeah. so definitely let's uh do another one because now you've said it yes we've got I've, 10 to 15 yeah, to go yeah, 10 15 and we want a, a progress update on the hand and 100 percent. Yeah. yeah it's going to be uh, well 10.15, but not as slow as the uh, <laughs> That's right. half millimetre. So, exactly. Um, but, yeah, we'll, we'll check in again later later on in the years. year. Yes, that'd be great. Dave, been a pleasure. Thank you very much, Thank mate. you, brother. Thank Bye you. Brother. Sure.